Welcome to the morning community of Northridge Vineyard. Our deepest desire is that you will encounter Jesus as you listen in to our morning gathering. If you'd like to find out more about us, check out our website, northridge.org.au forward slash mornings. This, this subject of healing has been, um, I've known for a last while that I'm going to speak on this and so God's been doing a whole lot of stuff. And so this week, um, God reminds me of, of one of the key building passages in Scripture. And it's Jesus. And let's go. So he, he, um, he says to people, um, he's talking to them about um, how they respond to what he's saying. And he says, Barry, do you want to go to the first one? He tells them this parable about um, a guy who builds his house on the rock like this. And then there's another guy who chooses to build his ha- house on the sand. Um, and then a storm comes. Um, voila. And then something happens. Next one. Um, whose house is this one? Now, you would sort of think that, that, that when, when clear building instructions are written in the Bible, um, you, you would probably be best to learn from those wise words of Scripture and put them into practice. But obviously this guy didn't read the Bible um, when he built his house. Because something like that's just amazing. So, um, so I felt like as we've gone into this week, God's really clearly put on my hand, Phil, there's something about this. There's something about the issue of foundations that really matters. And Jesus said um, to his audience, He said, This is like somebody who knows how to build a house and to put it on the right sort of foundation. And so it is so important that, I mean, as an engineer, I know, and I think you probably know well, that the quality of your foundation determines the quality of your building. And I have gone to a number of houses, and I go in and I see cracks, some I can actually put my hand through, and the first thing I think about is, what was this built on? And, um, and so what happened is that when, a quick bit of history, in Australia when we first started building, obviously down in the city was really good because there was lots of rock and we just built on rock, so fantastic. And our city stands high because it's actually all built on rock. But then up on the, up on the, the shore here, as they use that sandstone construction, they just throw big blocks of sandstone thinking that's enough and just plonk it on clay. And good old North Shore clay, it bends and moves and shakes every time we have rain or we have a bit of a drought and it moves. And so um, there's an unstable foundation and cracks happen all through houses. And you're going, yeah, I need to get Phil over to look at my house. I've got cracks all over the place. What's the foundation? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, well, that's, it is. And that's, that's where you go to. And so when we didn't have really good quality foundations, when we didn't have rock, we made rock. And rock, what, what we call in the industry, we call rock um, concrete. And, and so if we don't have a good foundation, we, we put down rock. We put down, we put down concrete and we reinforce it so we're not going anywhere. And that's the whole idea of putting down concrete foundations. And so we create rock if we don't have it. So anyway, so this is... Stop being an engineer, Phil. Come, pastor, pastor. So Matthew seven twenty four says this, Therefore anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house upon the rock. So I want to ask you, how's your foundation? How's your foundation? Now I'm not talking about home, okay? We're now shifting from home 
into our relationship with the Lord, house your foundation. Because Jesus wanted us to realize is that what we believe from him, what we've learnt from his teaching and his ministry has a huge impact on the quality of our lives. What we believe affects how we live our lives. And so I feel like God is challenging that this morning. And so uh, when we are struck, see, the, the interesting thing is, is that when Jesus used this example, we've got these two houses, it's just when the storm comes, not if the storm comes, when the storm comes. Um, and so there's just a given in Jesus' mind is that your life is going to get hit by a storm. Now, it may be small or it may be large, but the quality of how you're going to respond to that storm is all about what you have built, what you have built your life on, what you have heard from Jesus, what you have believed about Jesus. And I realize is that, is that even when it comes to this concept of healing, there's foundational truths about healing that have been challenged. And I feel like this morning I, I want to, in a way, look at our foundation, work out how we're going, what are we believing, and then how's that impacting what we do when healing comes. From two perspectives, whether you get sick or whether somebody is standing in front of you who is sick and what you do with that. And what we do in those circumstances when that storm sort of arrives um, is going to be dependent on what do I believe about God and healing and his power to do that. So that's what I want to look at. Um, as uh, Rob spoke about last week, and this name of this series is this wilderness of the spirit, this, this, this wildness of the spirit, and that God invites us to a dance. Apparently you were given a rather profound demonstration of dancing last week. Um, for those of you who are new this week, uh, Rob and Bon uh, felt the need to, um, uh, to display for us um, proficiency in, in dancing together as a couple. Not many people are laughing, Rob. I'm not too sure what was going on. Yeah, okay. Well, the thing is, is that this whole idea of Am I being led by the Spirit? Am I learning to follow the lead of the Spirit? And so when it comes to healing, I find over the years, whenever I'm confronted by healing, um, and it's there, a whole bunch of questions come up for me. And I don't know about you, but I ask questions, or these things that are going in my brain, does God want this person healed? Is that what the Spirit's doing right now? I know he can, but will he? Will I be embarrassed by the outcome? What if they're not healed? All those questions spin. Is that right? Is that, are those some of the questions that spin in your brain? Yeah, all the time. And I'm a little bit like, I realise is that when these questions come, it deflates our passion and we are reluctant and we reluctantly retreat from taking the risk to pray. I, um, I went to visit a, a good architect, well, designer friend of mine who I do a lot of work with. And um, he has had trouble with his back for um, many years. Operations all over the spot, all that. Prayed for him a couple of years ago. Um, nothing really happened then. 
And then I see him the other week, and this is all in the context of me preparing for this. And I'm in there, and he's there. And I said, Rob, how are you feeling? Oh, yeah, it's still sore. And I'm like, yeah, okay. And, and I'm like, and inside of me, God's going, come on. And I'm like, no. And I'm like, and I walk out of there, and I feel like I want to get a brick and just, <laughs> you know. And, but you know, it's, it's like, and so I was confronted once again. It's like, Lord, what's going on in me? Why is there this battle to just pray? Like I'm not trying to do the world. All I want to do is to invite the presence of God. And yet, I'm about to speak to all you guys and say, let's pray. Let's, let's. And I'm like, <laughs> So I just mention that because it's helpful to know that even the guy who's talking for Trump hasn't got it all together. And we're still working on it. But I'm, I feel like God has challenged me. And that's why he brought this, this picture of the, um, of the house up. He said, Phil, the challenge is, is that you haven't, you haven't resolved your foundation yet. You're still backwards and forwardsing on what I'm really up to. And it's interesting because I, um, um, I want to look at what Jesus has done, how he teaches us and how that has affects our foundation. Are we okay about that? So first thing, what is healing for Jesus? Well, the first thing we realize is that healing was a validation of Jesus' ministry, his message and his purpose. John the Baptist's disciples come to Jesus and they say, are you the one? Like, are you, the, are you the guy? And Jesus says, go back and tell John what you see. The lame are healed, the blind see, the sick are made well, the dead are raised. What Jesus did was a validation of this whole concept of this Ministry of Jesus. Now, we've spoken about that. We did Isaiah 61 last year, which is the whole idea of the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. That was Jesus' mission. That's what he came to do, and he's passed that to us. And so the challenge that we've got is is that what Jesus did was validating what he was all about. The message of the kingdom is displayed by the miracles that Jesus carried out. So we've got that. Jesus also, we see from his message, he also then passes that on to the disciples. He says, this is about you guys as well. I'm giving this to you. So he specifically says to them in, in, um, in Luke 9, it says, he gave them power and authority to drive out demons, to cure diseases, and he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He gave them power and authority. Now, now, what God keeps challenging me, it says, Phil, you were there. That day he did it to the disciples. That day he spoke over them. He spoke over you. Will you stop? not believing it. We are disciples of Jesus. Amen? Yes, I'm a disciple of Jesus. So that day, when Jesus did that to the 12, and then, and then a, few, a few days or weeks later, he got 72 others and did exactly the same. So it wasn't just a disciple thing. 
It was an everybody thing. We can't park it and go, oh, it was just the disciples. They were the big guys and we're just the, you know, whatever. He gave it to everyone and then he commissions the whole church right at the end. All power and authorities have been given to me, therefore go and make disciples and show them what I've shown you. That's what he says right at the end of Matthew. And so we can't not embrace this call of God he's placed on us to actually get ahead and do it. The thing is, is that we were made to image God, correct? Genesis 1, we were made in the image of God. We were made to image him, to reflect him wherever we were. Now that was distorted through the fall, but in Christ that's been restored and that we are now called as his people to image Jesus. Does that make sense to you? It's the sense of to be Jesus for people. Jesus, people read us before they read the Bible, yes? People look to us and go, I want to know God. And they look to us to go, show me, show me God. Because they, they'll reluctantly read the Bible, but they'll read us up and down and left and right and inside and out. They'll do all of that. And so our call is to image Jesus. And so I feel like God's saying to me, Phil, that means I am Jesus to people. We are his ambassadors. And you know there's enough wisdom in this room to know an ambassador fully and absolutely represents the authority of the country wherever they are. Amen? That's what it is. That's what it is to be an ambassador of Christ, to represent him in completeness. And so God's saying to me, Phil, this is foundational stuff. When you've forgotten that, your foundation is wobbly. Get that into the foundation. And so the other thing that we see about Jesus is that he's attracted incredibly by faith. This centurion comes to him and says, I have a crippled servant. And then he has this spiel about, I'm a man under authority. You don't have to come. You just say the word. And Jesus is like, oh, my goodness. You know, he is shocked by the understanding that this man has about authority. That he knows all Jesus has to say is, give the word and it's done. And he says, I have never seen such faith like this. Friends, bring a sick person to Jesus. So there's faith in them. They're going, all we've got to do, guys, like Billy's unwell. He's, he's a mess. He's, it's really not good for him. We've got to get him to Jesus. And they go, yeah, let's get him to Jesus. And so they... They pick him up on the mat and get him there. And in one of the stories, they're ripping a roof apart because they are so determined, they are so full of faith that all they've got to do is plonk their mate at the feet of Jesus and he's sorted. That's what happens. A woman, 12 years with a problem of bleeding, comes to Jesus. She smashes every cultural um, res- uh, norm to get to the very feet of Jesus. And so all I've got to do is touch him. That was going on in your brain. I'm not going to worry that I'm going to make every person unclean on the way. i just got to get to Jesus. And then, then Jesus says to her, Take heart, daughter. Your faith has healed you. A Canaanite woman comes to Jesus, asks for mercy for her daughter, who is demon-possessed and terribly afflicted. They have a brief discussion And Jesus says to her, woman, your great faith, you have great faith, he says. Your your request is granted, and her daughter was healed at that moment. 
I love what Rob shared this morning, don't you? Now, now, Rob, he said, I'm just the faith that Rob showed is that he says, Lord, give me, give me the strength to just go and do it, and he just did it. Faith action. He just did it. If he hadn't have prayed, nothing would have happened. But Rob gets up, goes up there, does the little prayer, and goes, boom, and he's like, oh my goodness, this thing works, because I just I acted because I said I would. That I asked for faith and God did it. I read this morning. Here's a cracker. Okay, I, I, I do Bible in the Year. You know HTB, Bible in the Year. Some of you do it. Yeah, yeah, I love it. If you read this morning, we have um, Jesus going to Lazarus. Now, you remember what happened to Lazarus? He died. Like, not sick. He's like really dead. Like dead, dead. So dead, he's four days dead. He's smelly dead. Um, and he gets there. And can you imagine, they're, they're doing the grieving and the, all that sort of stuff, and he's there and he weeps. And I wonder what Jesus wept for that day. I wonder why he wept. He knew what was about to happen, but there was something going on. He said, take the stone away. And they're like, you're what? Like, Jesus, what are you on about here? Take the stone away? And so this is me about to preach this message, and Jesus saying, Phil... Let's have a look at this one. Take the stone away, Lazarus. And like, and I'm, if I was there and I'm Jesus just saying this, and he'd say, roll the stone away, like, oh, you've got to be kidding. Take the stone away? What was, what was God wanting to teach that day? Like, when, we've, when we read scripture, God who, who throws the stars into space, he calls them by name, he speaks. And the very universe takes form. Does God have a problem with healing? Absolutely not. In a million years, he has no problem with doing anything. And Jesus demonstrated that. So what's going on? Why is this a battle? It's not God's problem, isn't it? It's not like, oh, oh, that's a hardy. Haven't done that one before. You know, cold. Mm. Man flu. Oh, no, that's a bad one. That one's really, really tough. What are we going to do with that? Um, and wives think the same thing. It's like, my goodness, what is this? I mean, hello? Anyway, won't go there. I think God is wanting to do a whole lot more through healing. It's, not, it's more than just about healing, isn't it? It's about what's going on inside of me, either as needing healing or praying for healing. It's always about God saying, what is it that you believe about me? And what is it that you believe about yourself? Jesus arrives at Lazarus' tomb and Martha says to him, Jesus, if you had been here, he would not have died. And she knew it. She knew the very presence of Jesus would bring healing and this would never have happened. But Jesus stayed an extra two days. He wanted Lazarus dead. That's weird. That's very weird when you think about it. But that's what he did. He lingered so that something would shift in everybody's mind. Martha said, you are the Messiah. You are the Son of God. What an incredible declaration she made. And, and she says, yes, on the, on the resurrection, um, on the final day, we're all resurrected. She had her theology. 
whack, she knew it. But there was also something about just the very nature of the presence of God that, that Jesus wanted them to know he has power over everything. And we've got to learn that. I've got to stop not believing that God has the power over everything and that if I'm to image Christ, then he has given me that authority, that power to act in all these situations, to pray and to pray with boldness. So the challenge is when we come to healing, I know, Barry, I'm all over the shop here, mate, so just catch up wherever you are. Um, When it comes to healing, we have two choices. We can either define our belief by our own experience or define our belief by what Jesus modelled. Two choices. Now, how many of you have prayed and not had anyone healed? Come on. A lot of us. That's our experience. Okay, So we can define our belief on that. I've had it. Prayed. Nothing's happened. Or we can choose to go, Lord, I'm not going to accept that as what I'm going to set my life on, that God doesn't respond to prayer. I want to set my life on to who God is and what he said over me and then act out of that and then act out of believing that actually I represent Christ right here and he has the power over everything. He, Peter's mother-in-law, Peter's mother, what, that story comes in and she's just got the flu. She just walks in, come on, darling, up, up you hop, there we go, boom, done. Flu to death He's got it all. That's our Jesus. That's my Jesus. That's your Jesus. And where to image him. So what do we learn about the life of Jesus? Does God want all people to be healed? Big question. Does God want all people healed? Yes. Absolutely. Now, some of you are like, oh, really? But interesting, does God want everyone saved? Absolutely, no question. Does everyone get saved? Strange, huh? God's will for all to be saved, and yet reality, not all are saved. That helps me understand God wills everyone healed, because that's what Jesus modelled. Is everyone healed? No. Okay. Can it be a hard is it a hard journey? Yes. For those of you who have chronic illness in your life or family like Kath and I have even with our story we keep praying, we keep believing. We've seen miracles, we've seen things happen. Is our son completely healed? No, but we keep praying. So, does um does God want to use us in the process? Now that's not a big enough response. <laughs> this is the point. This is the point we're going, God, you're married. Can't you just do it and leave us just watching from the sideline? No. Ugh. And this is the thing. He's like, God, really? You want me to get my hands dirty to face up? And he goes, yep. That's how I've set it up. Set it up that it's actually through us. Insane, isn't God? Why would he choose to choose us to carry out his will? He just has. Because it's more than just the outcome, it's the process. It's the fact that we get to know God better and better day in, day out. He wants us to get to know him and to realise what he's done in our lives in 
in and through the cross, the death, resurrection of Jesus. It's working that out. Let me keep going because I want to pray. Um, do we have the ability to heal without God's power through the Spirit? We've got nothing without God. Yes. Have we been commissioned with the necessary authority and power to heal? Yes. Okay. Should we pursue healing as part of our Christian experience? Yes. So it's just there. We've got to do it no matter where it is. So what do we learn from our experience? Is healing risky? Yes. Can it be a hard journey? Yes. Does it always work? Um, do we understand why? No. Should we stop praying? Never. Never, never, never. Well, who am I? That's the big question. We know who God is. We know what he's got the power to do. Who am I? I'm a child of the king. I have been given authority and power by Jesus to image and reflect him in this world as if Jesus was here. Like Jesus, I follow what the Spirit is doing. I honour the Father and expose the people around me to the reality of the inbreaking of God's rule over the brokenness of this world. That's what we're here to do until the day we die. You may be an engineer, a teacher, a lawyer, a prime minister, whatever you want to be, but our call is to that, to reflect Christ to our broken world. Like Jesus, I seek the glory of God through all that I do so that the glory of God may be revealed. Lazarus is dead. That's why he died. And now he's going to get riven, so risen so God would get the glory. Like Jesus, I want to care for people appropriately in their times of trial and storm. We will have storms. And we want to care for each other, for the people around us, appropriately in those times. Like Jesus, I want to have faith in God. So I feel like what I've had to do, I've had to repent. I've had to go, God, I have... Um, um, I have not believed the truth. I've let my foundation get shaky because I've stopped believing what is true. And I've sought to change that. So I want to pray for faith. And I feel like repentance is not like... Repentance is turning around. Repentance is realising this is not where I want to be. I need to be there. And so repentance is just going, Lord, I'm sorry that I've been here. I'm sorry that I've let these actual lies define how I respond to what you're asking me to do. So I want to come and I want to walk over here and I want to believe this and I want to stand on this. Amen? That's repentance. And so that's what we choose to do. And I feel like we need to do that this morning. I need to remember who God has made me to be and set my rock on that. And then the next, I just want to keep praying. Now, if you're here unwell this morning, I want to be able to say, you know what? I know for people who are unwell, it's a risk for them as much as it is a risk for me who wants to pray for them. Because there's a journey. But, but the foundation is the same. If I'm unwell, I've got to go, all right, Lord, is this, is this what you want for me? No, I want to bring myself into that place where I could get prayer and believe that you could solve this and fix this. It may take one moment, like what Rob did, or it may take 10 years of prayer. We have a lovely lady. Oh, look, no, no stories. Let's just... Um, can we stand and let's repent? <laughs> And then, and then do some praying for healing. Sorry. Father God, 
Now, let this be your prayer. Maybe you want to just come before the Lord. Lord, we just we love you. And Lord, I repent of the fact that I have believed what is not true about who you are and who I am because of Jesus. I've chosen to build a foundation that is not on solid ground. Forgive me for my unbelief. Lord, forgive me. I'm sorry that I haven't believed what is true. You have established a truth over, over my life and over this world. Lord, that isn't shaken. It's unshakable. It's rock. And Lord, I want that rock in my life. I want that rock so solidly there that it's not shaken by any storm because I know they'll come. So stir up in me, Lord, this heart to want to image you, to reflect the Lord of glory. Now, I know I'm not perfect. I know I get things wrong. But, Lord, I am prepared to take that risk and just go for it because this is far more important than anything else. So, Holy Spirit, settle over us now. Come right now. Just welcome him. Welcome him coming and pouring concrete into your life. Right now, Lord Jesus, pour it in. Receive what God has spoken over you as one of his daughters and sons. Receive it. That's it. Spirit's touching bunches of you right now. Just let him come. Let him come. Let him come with his power. That's it. Just receive it. It's just you and him. Father God, we believe in you. You are a mighty God, powerful to save, powerful to heal. And so, Lord, I know that many of us are going to have opportunities to pray for people who are not well this week. They're just going to be. They're going to pop up. Lord, we want to decide today, before we get in front of that storm, before we get to that person, what we're going to do. Regardless that we will, with love and sensitivity, pray. And ask for your kingdom to come. I let that happen, Lord. Decide now. We've decided now, Lord Jesus, how we want to stand. Thank you, Jesus. Now, if you um, hear with any form of illness and that you would like prayer more, you would like to be healed this morning that you would come to Jesus and then a whole bunch of Jesus is going to come out and pray for you. Because that's who we are. We're going to bring Jesus to you.